The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, book two, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Welcome to From the Forefront, an FX Missions podcast. Stories about courageous souls who felt the call of missions and obeyed. Hi, Scott McClelland here with your From the Forefront. Thanks for joining us. We have the great privilege today to be joined by Sharon Benitez. Hi, Sharon. Hi. It's good to have you. Of course, we had you on a podcast before when you were getting ready to to leave on your trip. Of course, you were in Uganda. The previous podcast we did was the uh, leadership moment. And of course, that was in the early part of the summer, episode 94, I believe it was. You talked to us a little bit about a trip you were getting ready to take to head over to Uganda. And here you are safe and sound. (laughs) You made it back. I'm here. Your mom is very happy about that. <laughs> I'm quite sure. Uh, I know she, of course, keeps you in prayer while you're traveling. And, and of course, you're living here in the U.S., originally from Nicaragua. We've known each other a handful of years. We appreciate you uh, joining us here, and thanks for taking some time. I wanted to see if we could jump in to talk a little bit about the time you spent in Uganda, what city you were in, what you were there doing, and such like that. Now, do I understand right? I believe, as I mentioned earlier, this was your second second time to Uganda? Yes, this was my second time. Okay. And you originally, how long were you there, and how long ago was it when you went for the first time? I went last summer, 2016, and I was there for the month of June. Okay, for June 2016. Well, you you must have enjoyed it because you went back and you stayed for two months. Am I right? Yes. (laughs) So you were there June and July of 2017. If if the trend continues, you're going to be there for June, July, and August of 2018. But so, do you have plans to go back? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, very cool. Well, I don't know about in your experience, Sharon, but in my experience, Africa is just so different than anything else that I personally have been exposed to. I've been a little bit in Europe and and around some other places. And for me, Africa is just so, so different. Was that what you experienced? Yeah. Well, you know, I grew up in Nicaragua in a third world country. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of used to some cultural concepts they have. So 
I remember the first time I went to Uganda, it wasn't as shocking as I thought it would. But mm. of course, this time that I got to spend more time with people and be more involved with community, it was a strong culture shock. <laughs> <laughs> Some crazy stuff going on. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I've actually never been to Uganda, but but Kenya is right ne- like next door neighbors to to Uganda. I think in culture and stuff like that, they're very similar. Did you eat ugali when you were there? Ugali, no, but I ate, you know, poshu beans, and uh-huh. I ate biryani. Have you tried that? No, tell me about it. Biryani is like the the rice they make, and actually, it's original from Kenya. Oh, biryani! I, I don't know that one. Uh, what was it like? It's like spice. You cook the meat. Uh-huh. You boil it with spices. And then in that water and meat, you put rice and spices, more spices and some color. And, yeah, it's mainly meat and <laughs> rice. <laughs> so what do you think about their spices and how does that compare to what you're used to? Oh, Nicaragua, um, I'm not used to a lot of spices because we're plain, like plain, as plain as it can get. Um, (laughs) But it was good. I liked it. Wow. You know, now I happen to know that both of your parents are from Mexico originally, of course, missionaries in Nicaragua for many, many years. Mm -hmm. I think your dad, if I think I'm thinking right, does he like, does he still like spicy? Oh, he loves it. Both of his <laughs> parents are pretty big on spicy food. I'm not, but yeah, yeah. Well, it it doesn't. I mean, I guess in Nicaragua, it's not as common to have spicy food as as it is in Mexico. So, when you say the spices in in the in the dish there from Uganda, was that spicy compared to Mexico, or more or less, or what? what? The spices in in Uganda are mainly like spicy on your throat, but uh-huh. like Mexican ones. Mexican is pure chili, so it's spicy <laughs> everywhere. For sure, for sure. Well, that that's cool. I'll, I'll tell me the name of that. Did you say it was Briani? Yes, Briani. Briani. I'm gonna check that out. Of yes. course, we got a trip. We got a trip coming up to Kenya. So I'll I'll try to scare that out into the open to see. I've eaten ugali a, a good bit in the more rural parts of Kenya. It's uh, it's an experience. That's about all I can say. <laughs> Do you like chapatis? Oh, very, very much. That was the saving grace for me the first time I went to Kenya. <laughs> the saving grace for me was the chapatis. They have that in Uganda as well. Yes. Yes. And it, they have uh, they have something called Rolex. I don't know if they have it in Kenya. It's actually no. What is it like? Flour tortilla, and then in the same uh, shape, it's kind of like a huge omelet with uh, a lot of oil, and mm-hmm. you just roll it together. That's cool. Yeah, I I remember. For me, when I found out about chipatis, I thought like this is almost like being. In Latin America, you know, except more oil, I think, they use. Yeah, but yeah. That was fine with me. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Now, 
I want to say to you that, you know, I really appreciate your courage in taking some big steps. You're a, a college age single lady and you're going to Africa and you're, I think you were alone. I don't know. I can't remember if you had someone traveling with you, but it's a big step for you and that takes a lot of courage. How did you feel about uh, this being your second time? Maybe it wasn't as strong this second time, but what was it like for you to take the step to go to such a foreign place? As I, as I told you last time, when I received my call to Uganda and I went there and spent time with some Christian leaders, I got to see the lack of knowledge they have of God. And mm. as, as, as this year has passed from the last time I went to this time, I got to know God in such a deeper way. Christ became everything. It became essential in my life. So it was something that I couldn't negotiate, even if I was scared, scared of teaching people, scared of being with people or speaking things about the Bible that I make it wrong. I just knew, like, I can't be selfish and just keep this for myself. These people don't know God, so I'll just do everything I can and dedicate every effort towards that goal to make him known. So it was mainly the the weight of the burden of people not knowing God, and that's what mm. gave me the courage to step out. Yeah, I remember from the previous time we talked that there was a pretty there was a strong calling. The Lord really made it clear to you that He wanted you to go for Uganda and. And that process, I remember you describing that. But I think the second trip is probably a follow-up from the original one. So how did you find it different? How was it different to be there for two months uh, versus one month? How did you, how was that for you? Well, the first time I went, it was kind of exploring because I received the call to go to Uganda, but God wasn't specific about what was I going to do there. So the first time was mainly like seeing what the church, seeing the need, seeing how can I help in practical ways. Because, you know, many people think Africa, I'm going to go help. I'm going to go feed children. But there are other needs that we don't see. And we need mm -hmm. to be practical about about how can we help, not just have this dreams, huge dreams that maybe we can't reach. So right. the first trip gave me like, objective goals and this trip it was more of getting involved and seeing how I can develop those goals even though I didn't do as much because of course still I'm trying to get used to the culture I'm trying to people get to get to know me to see more of the needs deeper this follow-up was more intense because what I got to see, the concepts I got in the first trip, this time they became real and I got to experience them firsthand. So it was it was challenging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good word. <laughs> I, I can relate to that word myself because I've had a similar experience in Africa. This will be 
this time coming up. By the time that this uh, program airs, I will have already been and will be back from Kenya. But this is my fourth time going, and uh, I can understand what you're saying about the challenging aspect. The deeper you go into something, the more you realize the challenges, the more that you recognize them and you see the things that are opposing the goals that you believe the Lord's giving you. Those, When you're just thinking about them, there's, you don't understand the opposition that you might be facing. But as you get into them and start to work them out in a real context, in a real space, in the real life, then those those things that resist or those areas where you lack preparation or resources or whatever they become they become really obvious so i can relate to what you're saying would you call this time that you spent there would you call it a success do you feel like you accomplished some things that were important i feel like i did and but mostly i feel like god did more in me and there are processes that we can't live in our comfort zone. So we just, God has to take us out and teach us something about him or about ministry. And and I think it was of both. So I would call it very successful. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, I know what you're saying there. It seems like to me in my life, and I've, I've probably been on something between 50 and 100 mission trips. For me, I know that getting outside of your normal context, your everyday walk, your everyday life, your everyday bubble, if you will, has been, the Lord's really taken advantage of that in my life to really show me something that I couldn't see where I was normally at, or show me something about myself or about others or about Him that I was not in a position to discover if I was just in my everyday walk. So yeah. that that's a very cool aspect of missions that I think the Lord uses to wake up some things inside of our hearts that we that we don't know are there, or maybe to show us something about ourselves or about himself that he wants to emphasize. That's that's cool. Definitely. That's cool. So if you if you will take just a minute and tell us something specific about what you did or something that you did what was part of the, your responsibilities or what you were got involved in over the two months that you were in Uganda can you tell us exactly where you were also Yeah I was the month of June I actually a friend went with me and mm-hmm. we helped at at several bible schools in Kampala which is the capital of the country Okay, Bible schools, okay, and Kampala, okay. And then the second month, I was alone, and I helped out at one Bible school in Jinja. And, um, well, this was the main goal of my trip. As I told you, that the burden God gave me, the need that he placed in my heart, was to teach who he is. And we can only learn of who he is through his world, through his word. And I think the problem... In general, in Christianity today would be that we don't read the Bible trying to find God, but we we read it trying to find ourselves. And because we make that mistake, we make it all about us and not about Him, 
then we take some things out of context or we misinterpret some things that aren't really true. And, and when we see that they're not true, we get disappointed. So this this trip, and I think this will be more more of my future trips, is to teach of the teach the Bible to show what is plainly there about God and and to lead others into that need to really dig deeper into the scripture. So that was my main goal, and it was great. That's a powerful statement that you made. Thanks for sharing that. I think I'm really struck by the statement you said that we look at, look into, and read the Bible looking for ourselves instead of looking for God, which makes us misunderstand the things that we get from that pursuit. So we leave it with, we leave those times with maybe some mistaken understandings about God that we, along the way, obviously become discovered. <laughs> and then, like you say, we get disappointed or, or disillusioned. But yeah. the Lord does want to show himself to us through the scriptures. I mean, he wants to reveal himself through the scriptures and to go into the scriptures with that as our goal to find no worship and follow and obey him. Wow, that's strong. Thanks for saying that. That was a blessing. I, were, I remember when my, when my uncle was trying to explain this to me. And he says, okay, let's say we take a, a group picture. Then you take it and they, then you say, show me the picture. And automatically when you go to the picture, you, your eyes go towards yourself to see if you look <laughs> or you don't. You look good or you don't. <laughs> and he says, that's the problem. And then we, we do that in every area of our lives. And the problem is that we also do that with the Bible. We go like, oh, that's me. Oh, that's, that's totally for me. That's, that's just in my heart. <laughs> and many, many times it's not. Many times it's just some aspect about God that, that we need to cling to. But uh, I, just, I just think that we should go and be fascinated by knowing God and not about ourselves. And that's that's really important for me because it changed the way that I see the scriptures and it changed the way that I see God. That's powerful, Sharon. That's a, such a a key that the Lord has already given you about Himself and about discovering Him that I think is going to pay off over your life. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's going to be new for someone who's hearing this. They're going to say, wow, you know, that's true, and I need that key for myself. And they can take it for themselves, that the Lord would be the object of pursuit, not just looking at ourselves in a picture. <laughs> but that's such a good example, because you know it happens every time. You know? oh, oh, my hair was messed up, or I had something in my teeth, or whatever. When we look at ourselves, you know, that's the way it is. We see our imperfections. But when we look to the Lord, we see his beauty, you know, his majesty. As you said, we're fascinated by, by him, and we're changed into his—our spirits are changed into a reflection of him as we look to and behold him. So powerful stuff, powerful stuff. Wow. So let me, let me ask you this. What is something that happened 
if you don't mind to share with us. I know we're kind of running close on time, but what is something that happened in Uganda that you didn't expect? Well, I will say in general, it's not just mainly one thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up as a missionary's daughter and grew up a lot of missions, mission teams coming into my house and to my parents' ministry. And I remember what my dad would constantly tell them. Stop trying to change the culture. Stop trying mm-hmm. to change the concept. Stop trying to change how they do things. That's that's mm-hmm. not your goal with your trip. You, what right. you want to do is preach Christ. And as I went to Uganda, I didn't expect to see many immoral or unethical things in church members or in mm-hmm. church leaders. The way that they do things, the way that they talk, the way that they think. And it was like, God, I, does this need to change? And at the beginning, it was like, what can I do to change that? And I remember that it was like I was hearing my dad say, you're not here to change a culture. You're here to preach Christ. You're, cre- you're here to, to show who God is. The one who does that work, the one that brings conviction into the hearts of people is the Holy Spirit alone. And I think that was something that really stuck with me because Africa's crazy. <laughs> people, <are laughs> people do crazy things and they behave in ways that you would never expect because they're unconceivable. Right. You would think, how would they ever think that? Why would they ever do that? But again, we're not there to try and change that. We're, we're there to preach the gospel. And that's what mm. changes things. So that was right. something very, very important for me. <laughs> I bet your if your dad hears this one, he's gonna. <laughs> he's you probably already told him, but he's gonna like that'd be something special to him because it's something that you learned by observing him, the Holy Spirit, you know, Christ and the power of His gospel are the things that change the culture. But I think the contrast that we meet, like you're saying, we encounter things that are so different than what we're used to. And like you say, inconceivable. You cannot be doing that. You've got to know better than that. Your conscience has got to be telling you not to do that, <laughs> you know, but but clearly it's not. So that's, uh, I think, something to, important to remember, especially when we're going into cultures that are so different than our own that we are there to, like the scriptures teach. And as you're saying, we show Christ and we admonish every person and we instruct every person and we encourage every person and we teach every person him and that he is the one who does the changing and he's the one who does the impacting of the culture, which is a long-term, it takes a long time to change a culture, which, praise God, he does it. I'm thankful for that. So let's just take just a minute here and we'll we'll wrap up. But can you tell me when you're planning to go back to Uganda? I'm thinking about next summer. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but it will depend because I think my sister is planning to move to India. So I would definitely like, like to go with her at least for the beginning. Yeah. And so we'll see. I want to go back. And actually, a girl that I worked with doing some community development projects, 
She's opening her own nonprofit. Mm-hmm. She asked me to be one of the members of it. So I'm excited wow. and I would like to see what we can do about it. So definitely next year. I just don't okay. know. That- yeah. Wow. Yes. Well, I'm excited to hear that about Angie. So that's great news. And I'm sure I get a chance to talk with her. I hope so. We'll be back in Nicaragua in January. So that'll be that'll be cool. And it'll be hopefully get a chance to spend some time with your family. You remind me so much of your mom. I cannot <laughs> believe it. But that's a great thing because your mom's a great woman. I really am surprised just talking to you how much you remind me of your mom. That's awesome. One of my favorite messages I ever heard in recent years was from your mom the last time I was in Nicaragua. So that's powerful stuff. Yeah, very cool. So, yeah, thanks for being with us, Sharon. As we're going here, what can we pray for you about? When someone's listening here, they're getting inspired, encouraged by you. How can we pray for you? I just want prayers for my message and my goal. My motivation would always be Christ Mm. and that I don't drift apart from that. We'll agree with you for that then, that the Lord would be the center of everything that you're doing and that he'll keep you on that course. Thanks again, Sharon, for being with us. If someone uh, wants to support your effort or be in touch with you or anything like that, I know I asked you that before, but they can look you up on Facebook or Instagram or where, where should they look? Well, both of them work. Facebook, I'm as Sharon Benitez Martinez. Uh-huh. And Instagram, I'm as Sharon, um, the lower thing that goes, <laughs> Sharon Benitez. I Sharon know. underscore Benitez. <laughs> underscore Benitez. <laughs> I, have inter- I have interpretive powers, Sharon. You, you got to know. No, thanks for being with us. Blessings to you. Stick with me here uh, for just a second, and, and we'll uh, – We'll look forward to catching up with you as you're going forward and pray for you as uh, as as the time goes forward here. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Scott McClelland here with your From the Forefront to contact me or us. Please do so at fxmissions.com. This podcast made possible through the partnership of Engaging Missions Show, bringing missions home, and encouraging you to hear a message make connections, and take action. Find out more at engagingmissions.com. Thanks for joining us for the FX Missions podcast from the forefront. If you'd like to find out more about FX Missions, please do so at our blog, fxmissions.com. Quite a bit of content out there. We hope you enjoy it. Also, if you'd like to rate us on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use, we would really appreciate it. And find out more about today's guest at our Facebook page. Just search for From the Forefront on Facebook. If you know of someone who should be featured on From the Forefront because of their Forefront missions experience or exploits, please reach out to us at info at fxmissions.com. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, I'm Scott McClelland, and you have a good one.